The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Not just anybody. You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 396 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is secrecy for healthcare errors and transparency for patient health records. We're at mid-2015 and across North America, we're seeing increasing focus on patient safety, which is highlighting concerns about medical errors. One important source of information is the stories written by reporters published in newspapers of all political stripes. January 22, 2015, Canada's National Post published a story, Transparency About Medical Errors, a Magic Bullet That Could Help Make Healthcare Safer. The story was written by reporter Tom Blackwell. He was reporting on the U.S. National Patient Safety Foundation's Lucian Leap Institute's new report, Shining a Light safer healthcare through transparency. Then on February 2, 2015, the Ontario Court of Appeal, as Ontario is the province we're speaking from, the Ontario Court of Appeal granted patients the right to sue hospitals over privacy breaches. So mid-2015, Ontario has at least five class action lawsuits against various hospitals which allegedly abuse the privacy of mothers and their newborns while in obstetrical care. This is creating serious concerns about the protection of patients' privacy. So in healthcare, we may have secrecy which should be transparency and transparency which should be privacy. All of that is why our topic, secrecy for healthcare errors and transparency for patient health records, is so important for family caregivers and their family members. Now, to discuss it, our guest is Tom Blackwell. Tom has been a healthcare reporter at Canada's National Post newspaper for the last 10 years. He's covering a wide range of topics from patient safety to the ethical challenges around fertility treatment and the country's growing addiction to prescription narcotic painkillers. Before joining the National Post, he worked at two news services and smaller newspapers in Canada. His career has spanned a variety of beats, as that's his terminology, including politics, crime, prisons, and the war in Afghanistan. He covered the SARS, that's Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Crisis in Toronto and in southern China, briefly being detained by security forces there 
and reported on the plight of Syrian refugees in Jordan. He's twice been a finalist for the National Newspaper Award. This is Canada's premier prize for print journalists. And he's won other awards for his work. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks very much for having me. Right. Now, Tom, first question for you. Please tell us why you became interested in healthcare errors and how you developed your work as a reporter investigating these. Tom? Yeah, well, I, I think from the from the time that I started my uh, we're covering healthcare when I from the time I started covering this beat, um, I was always interested by um, uh, studies that were published around that time about ten years ago, both uh, in the United States and and in countries like Canada and and, and in Western Europe that uh, tried to estimate the extent of medical error or what's called adverse events in, in in healthcare lingo, um, and basically, what all these studies did is they they took a sample of of charts, patient charts from a sample of a representative sample of hospitals, looked for uh, evidence of medical error, and then sort of extrapolated that over the entire population, the the entire system of of uh, acute care hospitals, and the uh, the different countries, uh, and when they did these studies, came up with slightly different results, but they're all pretty much the same, suggesting that uh, about 10% of, of hospital cases um, had some kind of serious adverse event. So this means that the patient ended up having to receive some kind of treatment of, of having to stay longer in hospital or even worse um, as a result of, uh, of uh, an adverse event. And in about 40% of those cases, um, uh, it was considered to be preventable. So what that meant in, in Canada, and Canada has a population of about one-tenth of the United States, in Canada uh, they estimated that there were uh, every year between 9,000 and 23,000 patients in acute care hospitals alone who died as a result of a preventable adverse event, a preventable medical error. So p pretty stunning uh, figures, and as I said, similar in the United States. And what struck me as I started covering the beat is you almost never heard of any of these cases. <laughs> they were, the, apart from the, these studies that, that estimated the extent of the problem, you never heard or virtually never heard of individual uh, cases of medical error, uh, you know, except occasionally, uh, you know, when there was a, a lawsuit, a medical malpractice suit that was publicized or or some kind of, uh, you know, very specific report. Um, you know, these cases, you know, were virtually never publicized. So right. uh, I guess I said about trying to find out why that was. Good, good answer. Now, please highlight for us the various types of healthcare errors. Now, I know you've used the phrase adverse events, and if healthcare, you want to redefine healthcare errors in that respect, that's fine. And also tell us about the circumstances that you've observed, discovered, or reported on where these adverse events, healthcare errors, most commonly occur. Tom. Yeah, well, the, the, there's different ways of um, uh, of categorizing the types of errors, um, and, and I should say that you know the the focus in, in my reporting has been on uh, acute care hospitals. Um, 
so the type of hospital you'd go to that has an emergency department and, a, and an ICU, all that kind of thing. Um, there, there's a whole other category of, of healthcare uh, error that, uh, you know, sort of adds to these figures, you know, the kind of things that happen in, in nursing homes, for instance. But anyways, but in, in an acute care hospital, I mean, typically I think the errors are, are divided into a few different categories. Uh, the one that results in, in the most number of, of incidents is uh, uh, surgery uh, followed by um, drug-related uh, um, mistakes, errors. Um, then other things uh, to do with sort of the, the clinical management of a patient and then diagnostic errors. So when when the wrong diagnosis is, is uh, reached and which results in the wrong type of treatment and, and uh, um, adverse outcomes because of that. And then there's there's a few other sort of uh, um, categories that are you know re- result in sort of what you know fewer cases, but th- those would be sort of the the main uh, categories of, of, of error at least in in that kind of uh, hospital. Right. Now I want you to go into a bit more detail, please. Based on your work, your investigations as a journalist, please give us some examples of the healthcare errors in particular circumstances that you've actually investigated or studied. Tom? Sure. Sure, yeah. I mean, one, a case that I, in one story that I, that I sort of profiled, which I thought was particularly interesting because it involved one, one patient, one, one elder, elderly woman who sort of remarkably became sort of victim of, of two separate, uh, quite distinct uh, medical errors over, uh, you know, fairly short period of a period of a couple of years, and she was, even though she's a woman in her 80s, uh, you know, she was quite active, played, you know, three rounds of golf a, a week, that kind of thing, and and now is 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 much uh, much more sort of housebound because of of what happened to her. Essentially, the first the first mistake was she was diagnosed with a an ovarian cyst and went into hospital to have that operated on for some reason, which I think she still has. And this happened a few years ago. She still hasn't figured out what went wrong, but she was treated instead for a hernia, which she didn't have. And uh, hernia treatment typically involves an implant of, of a kind of a, a mesh. So she still has that mesh inside of her body for a hernia that she doesn't have and also never got treated for the ovarian cyst, which uh, to this day still causes her pain. Uh, but then, uh, you know, the year or so later, I think an even worse uh, um, uh, error that occurred, uh, she had uh, had an implant for uh, cataracts, and um, for whatever reason, this implant needed replacing. Uh, so her ophthalmologist uh, put in a new implant. Um, something went wrong, though, and she started feeling sort of intense pain uh, behind her eye and then sort of an intense uh, pressure. And eventually, um, and uh, I know this is <laughs> not pleasant to think about, but her, her eye literally popped out of her head. Um, and she has a, um, a prosthetic eye um, in, in place of that now. Um, and basically, what had happened is the the, um, uh, the surgeon had had implanted the lens in the wrong position. Uh, he had severed a, a duct, and there was a sort of slow bleeding over time, and, and built up so much pressure that that forced the eye right out of her head. And these these things all happened within a period of two or three years to to, to one uh, woman. So um, it, you know, as I said, quite remarkable that this afflicted one person. 
Um, but I mean, there's there's many other uh, examples as well, which I can I can go into some of them if you want. Actually, we, because we're going to run out of time in a moment, just for this particular segment, I think what you've just described is um, very much the severity of what these uh, so-called, forgive me, adverse events can involve, and the point that they, in men, some circumstances, how many circumstances, do actually arise from errors on the part of people that we have no option but to trust. And that's where the stories that you and people like you report in newspapers are so important because they bring to the population at large of patients or, um, um, you know, families of just what really is happening in healthcare because um, as the title of this episode um, actually sort of maintains in effect there's a fair amount of non-disclosure or secrecy about these things so now we because we have the tyranny of time we're going to take the break this is this tom is where i always say we have to pay the rent so we'll do that uh-huh. now okay. this is dr gordon <laughs> this is dr gordon Adley, and my guest is tom blackwell you're listening to family caregivers unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Tom Blackwell. Our topic is secrecy for healthcare errors and transparency for patient health records. Tom, now let's talk about your work as a reporter and what you see or what your work suggests are the most challenging of the challenges that are associated with combating healthcare errors, preventing healthcare errors. So first question then is, what does your work suggest are the most challenging of the challenges involved in getting the facts about healthcare errors? Tom? Well, I mean, I guess the first, the the, the most prominent uh, thing is that the the facts are simply, for the most part, are not available. Um, And I think uh, I think it's fair to say that the situation is similar in the states as as it is in Canada. But but in Canada, um, as I was saying, you know, one virtually never hears about uh, cases like I just described involving that that uh, poor woman. Um, Now, some of the provincial governments. Or like state governments in the states are now releasing uh, statistics on um, uh, medical errors that has, have been reported within the system, but um, you know, it's, for the most part, they are just sort of bald statistics. They don't give you that kind of narrative, which, as you said, is, you know, is, is what sort of uh, informs people and informs uh, people who work in the system what, what, what's going on. Uh, so, you know, for the first problem is essentially that that the information is, is not available. It's not being reported internally. It's not being reported publicly for the for the most part, with you know, with some exceptions. Now, I'm going to move you into a closely related question. Again, it's what your work suggests as the most challenging of the challenges involved in the secrecy about healthcare errors. The whatever we, however we discuss define secrecy. It's the kind of non-disclosure. It's not letting people know. What are the most challenging of the challenges involved in that kind of thing? Tom? Well, I mean, I, th- I think you have sort of two uh, levels of, of secrecy, if you want to use that term. I mean, w- one is sort of between the um, the healthcare institutions, the hospitals, and 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 the patients. And I, I know that uh, you know what I've heard repeatedly from medical malpractice lawyers is that you know the main reason that that people come to them wanting to sue is simply because they haven't been able to get the information they they wanted uh, from a hospital when they suspect something went wrong with the the treatment of their of their loved one. Um, you know, and, and many hospitals, certainly here in Canada, they won't even provide a copy of the patient charts 
unless a lawyer is involved. You know, they say well, you have to get a lawyer to to apply to us to to provide you with with a copy of the the charts for for your of the medical records for your uh, loved ones. So, um, I, you know, I, I think that's sort of the first level of, of of secrecy is between the healthcare institution and 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 the patient or the patient's family. You know, when when things go wrong, and and there's, I mean, they do. Uh, hospitals do uh, sometimes do investigations uh, uh, into medical error um, and pr- actually produce reports. For the most part, uh, legislation prevents those reports from being released to to the family, to the patient, to to, to their lawyer, even even in the event of a of a lawsuit. And then the other layer is uh, you know is the secrecy between the healthcare system and and the public. And you know I I did uh, as part of one of the stories that I I did on this, I I looked at uh, what is reported publicly um, in the different jurisdictions, and as I said, and for the most part, it's it's just statistics and the number of, of cases where things are wrong doesn't give any kind of narrative. But even then, the the number of cases that they report is a tiny fraction of what those studies suggest are actually happening. Um, so uh, on that level of, of reporting to the public. Um, you know, very little information is being released. Now, again, it's a sort of follow-up to your answer to the previous question, but it's this. What does your work suggest as the most challenging of the challenges involved in providing information about healthcare errors to patients who've been the subject of healthcare errors, on the one hand, and to patients generally? What are the challenges there, Tom? Well, you know, I think um, interestingly, and I think you alluded to this, or patient safety is um, certainly being given lip service in, in the healthcare system. I think most major hospitals now have patient safety departments um, and people who are, uh, you know, supposed to be responsible for this. And, and there's often, you know, patient relations departments and 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 that kind of thing, quality improvement departments. All people within the sort of hospital bureaucracies that, that are dedicated to the, to this question, um, but um, you know, and I think you, what I still hear from from patients and and from lawyers who who represent them is that uh, when it comes down to it, 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 it's very difficult for them to get the kind of information they want about about what uh, what happened. Um, you know, to them or to, or to their uh, to their loved one, um, and uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a number of uh, reasons for that, which which we can explore. I think part of it, you know, it relates to what's happening internally, what what is uh, reported in, internally. Uh, but as I said, you, even when there is uh, an attempt to to dig out the facts internally, often that that information is not is not passed on to uh, to, to the patients or their or their families. Let Let me just follow up with you on your word reasons. Um, is there any sign that you've come across that signals that people like physicians or nurses, you know? Professionals who are at the giving end of healthcare are in any way afraid of drawing attention to errors, to things that have gone wrong. 
Is there any evidence of that, Tom? Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, as I said, I mean, the the, the little bit of information that's released now uh, by, you know, provincial governments here in, in, in Canada and by various authorities in, in the States is based on what's reported internally. And as I said, those numbers are, you know, a tiny fraction of what we should be hearing about. So which which suggests, I think, which, which shows that, that most uh, cases of medical error are not being uh, reported internally. And uh, certainly, you know, I think various levels of healthcare professional are, are under pressure not to divulge information, not to report to error, um, you know, with physicians that might be related to, you know, the fear of, of a malpractice lawsuit or could be a fear of, of um, coming before their licensed medical licensing body, um, uh, you know, be, being facing disciplinary uh, charges uh, for, you know, other healthcare workers. It might be, you know, a concern about their uh, job prospects, you know, the, that if, if they report an, an error that happened, that it could be them that, that would end up uh, being blamed. Um, certainly, you know, nurses' unions I've talked to you have said that that's, you know, that there's a very heavy um, uh, sort of burden on, on uh, nurses, you know, to keep quiet about things, essentially, and you know, if they do speak out, they, you know, they're very fearful that that is going to come back to haunt them. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone in healthcare obviously comes to work, you know, uh, thinking that they're going to to uh, make a mistake and, and, and harm a patient, and, and certainly, you know, I don't think they necessarily want to to uh, to keep all this stuff secret. But I think I think the pressures of the system uh, make that happen. Whether it's right to call that pressure fear, um, I'm not sure. But let's talk a little bit more about that pressure. How does it manifest itself? Um, I'm, you know, let's suppose I'm a surgeon who's plainly done something wrong. You know, leave, leaving a medical uh, thing like a pair of um, uh, forceps inside the patient and stitching the patient up and then that not becoming apparent until an x-ray has been done maybe years later. What is it that's in my mind about the pressure? What am I feeling, Tom? Well, I, I think I think there's a few things. One is certainly uh, the legal liability and uh, um, you know, I, th I think probably more, even more so in, in the, that's even a, a greater pressure in, in the states than it is in Canada because you have larger uh, awards for uh, for lawsuits. Um, but yeah, there, there's the fear of being sued and, and, and the consequences of that. I, I think uh, you know, also there's the fear that uh, or concern that you know you could if, if something like this becomes. Uh, comes out that, that you could be dragged in front of your uh, your licensing body and and have to answer to that, and you know have some kind of a disciplinary um, uh, citation sort of you know remain on your record for for years to come. Um, there's also the question of of the the um, physicians uh, you know privileges within the hospital, which could also be jeopardized if certainly if if there was you know a, a pattern of of 
mistakes ha- having been made. Um, uh, you know, which is not to suggest that that uh, that, that doctors or, or or anyone else in the system is sort of constantly living in in, in fear of uh, of being sort of cut out for making mistakes. But I think these are, you know, subtly or, or not, these these are pressures that that do bear upon them, and and certainly I think discourage. Uh, um, you know, d- divulging mistakes when uh, w- when they do occur. I, it's interesting. I, 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 for one of my stories, I interviewed a, a fellow who was uh, headed up the um, the patient safety unit for a, a health authority in in one of the uh, Canadian jurisdictions, and and uh, he uh, was actually sort of almost sort of cutting edge in terms of uh, his desire to to release information to the public about things that had gone wrong, but he was getting heat from from heads of uh, hospital departments saying, look, I, I, don't, I don't want my department to look bad. You can't be reporting this stuff. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that's sort of like a, a more kind of a reputational sort of uh, a pressure, you know, that, that uh, head of a department didn't, didn't want to sort of look bad, uh, um, you know, compared to the rest of the, uh, the institution. Right. Absolutely fair. Now, once more, the tyranny of time, it's time to take the break. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Etherly, and my guest is Tom Blackwell. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat, creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Tom Blackwell. Our topic is secrecy for healthcare errors and transparency for patient health records. Uh, Tom, now let's talk about your work as a reporter and what it shows to be the most favored ways for overcoming the most challenging of the challenges associated with healthcare errors or associated with, um, um, uh, what can I call them, Um, serious errors. Um, So first question then is, what does your work show to be the most favored ways for overcoming the most challenging of the challenges involved in getting the facts about healthcare errors? Well, I, I think um, I think it all sort of relates back to, or at least it partially relates back to the internal uh, culture in, in healthcare facilities. And I, I think, uh, you know, most sort of observers agree that, you know, as I was describing before, there's, there's all kinds of pressures that discourage people from being open, from from uh, divulging information even, even internally. So I, I think, you know, one of the first steps uh, I think that, that many experts uh, suggest is, you know, uh, working towards changing the culture within healthcare uh, institutions. Um, away from one where where there is a fear of, of punishment if you are, are open about things that go wrong uh, and and changing it into a culture where uh, people are encouraged to to report uh, mistakes report things that that go wrong sometimes it's called the uh, adjust culture um, and this is something that's particularly emphasized in in the transportation world and and especially in in aviation where Similar to to healthcare, you know, mistakes uh, have can have you know very dramatic uh, um, re- results, and, and where safety is so important, uh, I think that's sort of the direction that that uh, healthcare needs to go. And I can I can talk more about that. Okay, just say a little bit more about that direction that you've just identified. Yeah, well, this is you know I, I've interviewed uh, aviation safety experts, and and they described you know what's really quite a fascinating culture with within the the airline industry or, or or within the transportation industry generally and and that that's where you know people are incur- the employees of companies are encouraged 
uh, not only encouraged it to report uh, safety problems, but but they can actually get in trouble if they don't. So, you know, if if you're a baggage handler and, and your your vehicle, uh, you know, next to the side of a, a of an airplane wing, you know, which could have pretty serious consequences, and you don't report that, and someone else does, and it comes back that you, that you, you know you were involved in this little accident and you didn't report it, that you know you would be in trouble for not necessarily for the accident, but for not for not reporting it. Um, and, and I think that's uh, what a lot of experts are saying is, is needed in healthcare is, is a culture where where the sort of the default is that you divulge problems, that you divulge uh, errors if they if they occur, um, and you know hopefully that you speak out about um, problems before they they create a lot of harm for for patients. Right. Now, what does your work show to be the most favoured way for overcoming the most challenging of the challenges involved in secrecy about healthcare errors? Well, I mean, I, I think, uh, you, you know, that the, one thing that, that's so noticeable, as I was, uh, you know, discussing before, is, is that the public uh, learns virtually nothing about the things that go wrong in, in healthcare, you know, at, at, at the most, you know, we get reports on on statistics that that you know I think say very little to to the you know majority of people. Um, I, I think there needs to be uh, you know a, a routine sort of reporting, not just of statistics, um, but of actual narratives of, of incidents that have occurred. Um, you know, I think we we understand. Even those of us like me who are not experts on aviation technology, I think we 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 understand problems that occur with with aircraft, the, the, the sort of the basic causes of, of, of airplane crashes, because it's explained carefully in a, in a narrative by the the you know safety authorities, um, and, and we certainly you know obviously we understand the consequences of of an airplane crash, but uh, you know and I think because of that we we you know, we we expect a certain level of safety. We, you know, we would, uh, as you know, the public, we would put pressure on authorities to ensure that that uh, you know safety is is improved um, in in aviation. I, I think in order to have that same uh, sort of public, you know, uh, awareness and and pressure around healthcare, we need to be divulging. Uh, Stories uh, of things that go wrong—not just the, the the bald statistics, but the actual sort of narratives of of what happened. Right. Good word, narratives. What actually took place? What actually happened? Now, Tom. Next question. Same framework. What What are you finding to be the most favoured ways for overcoming these challenging challenges in providing information about healthcare? errors to patients who've actually been the subject of healthcare errors and patients generally. What are the ways in which healthcare is looking at that cha- those challenges? Tom? Well, I mean, as I said, you know, there is uh, a lot of work being done around patient safety and um, there certainly um, are programs that have been set up that are designed to sort of more proactively inform patients and their families when, when things go wrong. Um, 
uh, legislation, for instance, that, that uh, you know, uh, says that, that if uh, a doctor or a hospital apologizes to a patient, that that apology can't be used against them in a, in a lawsuit, that kind of thing. Uh, um, th- all that being said, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the record suggests that there's still a lot of reluctance on the part of healthcare institutions to, you know, proact- proactively uh, disclose their to patients and, and and to be open about what happened um, and, and to offer apologies. Um, and there are some notable exceptions. The um, uh, University of Michigan uh, Health Center in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Michigan, I believe, has, has sort of been a, a pioneer in in uh, in actually going out there and 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 telling patients that yes, you were harmed by by an error. Um, you know, we're sorry, and and they actually even even offer uh, compensation, you know, without actually being sued. Um, and uh, I think this is the kind of thing that a lot of experts are, are um, you know, recommending that that all hospitals sort of, sort of adopt. But but it's uh, th- that kind of sort of concrete sort of uh, action is uh, I think is not happening in a lot of places. Right. Now, um, you mentioned aviation more than once, and uh, that gets me going on something. In my late teens, which is well back in the last century, I I was actually trained as an Air Force pilot. And what what they introduced in my time, broadly speaking, was the concept of the near miss. That is to say, I'm alive, my aircraft isn't damaged, but it could have been. Here's what I actually did or didn't do. And I, I've got a story of my own, and I won't bore everybody with it. But it was a very interesting psychological thing because you felt coming forward that by disclosing that you had had a near miss, there was something to be learned that might be useful in the future to prevent something more serious happening from the same set circumstances. Um, what about the idea of the near miss? Does that, do you think, Tom, have any role in healthcare? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and that, that's definitely something that the, the system is addressing. I mean, you know, in in these sort of what I would call kind of uh, incomplete um, uh, reports that are put out uh, w- with statistics on on medical error, they usually they typically include a, a section on on the, the so-called near misses, and, and you know obviously there's a lot of educational uh, opportunity uh, with that. I mean, I, I sometimes get the impression, and this is <laughs> this is just a personal uh, perception that that the system is is more willing to divulge the near misses than than the actual misses, <laughs> the things that cause yeah. actual harm. Because you know near misses, they you know they can they can sort of confidently say, well, no, 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 no one was hurt by this. I mean, I, I think you know for for real change to take place, I think there has to be more openness about the the actual the actual misses that actually uh, hurt people or, or, or even uh, killed people. I, I think you know for us to learn more about that, for the people in the system to learn more about that, I think is what what will you know ultimately propel change. Right. So. To, to summarize back to you, to see if I've got it right, near, near miss as an idea is useful, but it's no substitute for disclosure of things that have actually gone wrong and caused harm, uh, injured people, 
are led to serious effects on people. Have I got you right on that point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're at a stage in, in the sort of safety culture in, in healthcare where, uh, you know, I, I think in some ways, uh, and, and now I'm sort of expressing my, my own sort of viewpoint, but I mean, I think in some ways the first step is, is, to, is to be more transparent and more open about the actual error that, that causes harm because there is so much of that going on. And I think, I think that would create the sort of the, the impetus within the system and 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 you know in the public generally for for change to uh, to take place. I mean the near misses. I think those are all, will always have a you know important educational value, um, and you know the hope would be that you would learn from those before uh, actual harm takes place. But I, I think. For, you know, for the sake of of creating sort of uh, a momentum in, in terms of you know more concretely dealing with the problems, I, I think divulging the the actual errors that cause harm is at this point is probably more important. Good, perfectly fair. Now we've come to the time to take the break once more, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Tom Blackwell. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Up Close with Chris Tinney is now on Voice America Variety. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, Chris brings you the thought leaders, activists, and socially responsible entrepreneurs taking action for the environment, doing business in a new way, and helping the underprivileged. Call in or listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and learn how the small decisions you make today have a big impact on our small planet in the future. Tune in to Up Close with Chris Tinney on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Tom Blackwell. Our topic is Secrecy for Healthcare Errors and Transparency for Patient Health Records. So, Tom, let's talk about what more you would like to do as a reporter and see done to provide information about healthcare errors and to learn from them. So, you, <laughs> Tom, what more do you as a reporter in- intend to do by way of further reporting on what now is being discussed by way of advancements in the ways in which patients and the public generally are informed about healthcare errors? Tom? Well, I mean, I, I, I personally, you know, will continue to sort of, uh, you know, investigate in this area, and you know, there's there's only so much that a, that a reporter can do given the uh, the amount of transparency that that occurs. Um, you know, one, one can make uh, freedom of information requests and that, that kind of thing, um, uh, and obtain information that way. But as I said, you know, there's a limit to how, to how much is is available. I mean, I, I think you know we need to move to uh, a system where there is much more of an obligation on hospitals to divulge this kind of information. Um, you know, similar to what we see again in in the aviation world. I think it's interesting if you if you go on to uh, the the websites, for instance, of of the uh, transportation safety organizations. You know, in, in Canada or in, in the United States, and, and there'll be detailed information about every investigation that they're working on. You know, e- even photographs of, of uh, you know accident sites, this kind of thing. Um, so, so, and you, you can get all the stats as well, but you can also get those those detailed descriptions of, of individual events. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think uh, you know to, to make the job of uh, of reporters uh, easier to, to, to make the <laughs> public more informed. I, I think, yeah. you know, governments need to, to, to require that this information be divulged. Yeah. yeah. Now, what more have you as a reporter discovered about or want to discover about ongoing efforts to advance learning from healthcare errors? Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, w- one interesting area is, is around how you how you deal with sort of the compensation of, of patients um, who've been harmed by, by, by the healthcare system. And, you know, I, I think perhaps arguably part of the problem is, is the, uh, the litigation system that we have in, in Canada and the United States, you know, where uh, physicians are, are Paying you know huge amounts of money for uh, uh, liability insurance, and uh, and, and uh, are 
you know, I think often quite fearful of, of being sued. Um, and, you know, there's been various sort of ideas uh, floated in terms of, of replacing that kind of system. And, and there's some interesting uh, examples in other countries. Uh, for instance, in the, some of the Scandinavian countries and, and New Zealand, I think they, they have a sort of a no-fault insurance system where you don't actually have to sue you can, if you can just sort of prove that you've you've been harmed by 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 something that happened in, in the healthcare system, uh, you get paid out a, a certain amount of money. It's all set down in, in, in law. Uh, you know, you're not going to you're not going to get rich, but 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 you will know that you will be compensated in, in a fashion. Um, and this sort of removes that that whole uh, sort of dynamic of of uh, you know litigation and, and the fear of huge uh, settlements and, and awards and 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 the in huge insurance payments that, that go into it. So. I think looking for an alternative to uh, to that uh, medical malpractice system, I, th I think you know, could go part of the way to, to dealing with this. Important point, if I may say back to you. Very important point. Now, I want to ask you a question of a different nature, and this is a little bit loaded in one way. You see, you and I are now recording an episode in which you've discussed a topic that is important for patients and for the healthcare systems on which patients rely. The episode will be saved in an archive. I've got close to 400 of these um, kind of recordings, not all to do with patient safety yet, but that's growing. Um, now, my question to you is, do you think that having more discussions like this one in the archive, and by discussions like this one, I mean including patients in the discussion, uh, as well as journalists, and as well as uh, healthcare professionals and administrators. And if you do think it would be useful, how would it be useful about healthcare errors? And if you don't think it would be useful, why do you think that way? No, I think I think absolutely it'd be useful. I mean, it's I think you can only uh, bring about change in in an area like this by. Uh, th through publicity, I mean, at least uh, I think that's a big part of of what's going to bring about uh, change is is to make uh, the public, you know, aware of what's happening. I mean, it's you know the the numbers, as I said before, are kind of staggering. It's you know the the number of people who die as a result of medical error every year is equivalent to like you know dozens and dozens of of major plane crashes, and yet it's it's not always on people's conscience. That this is happening, so I think that the more that we do discuss it, the more we try to get to the bottom of what's what's happening. I think I think the better. Right. Now, I want just want to say this back to you. As a reporter, you are actually drawing the public's the reader's attention to things that need attention by others who are in a position to bring about change and um, first of all I want to say thank you for being my guest on this important episode but also to thank you for the work you're doing and to wish you every success because and I'm going to make a rather strong statement um, without people like you writing for newspapers, we would hear as a public very little about what's going on, particularly things that are going wrong in healthcare systems. So your work isn't just um, an optional extra, it's fundamental to progress in an important area. So thank you for that. I want to say thank you to our listeners. 
And with Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called E-Qualitative Research, fancy name, which this episode is part of. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics, such as the one we've been listening to, and for you to share with us your experiences of healthcare. So please email me to hear more or to get involved. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on my show, here's how to connect with me. Please email me at docg, D-O-C-G, at familycaregiversunite, or one word, dot org. Our next episode will be Principles of Personal Health Information Privacy for Patients Living with HIV AIDS. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 